Hey, mom friend, when we listen to and read birth stories, we can not only learn what the possibility with birth and that birth is normal, but we can also learn that oftentimes we will be required to let go of our meticulously planned birth, which can be devastating and really hard to do, believe me. I mean, it's what we really wanted in the first place and what we have been dreaming about for us. And in this episode, you will hear a birth story from Elise Rooney. Her birth experiences have all been one, a miracle, but also taught that each and every time, what it means to relinquish control and trust the process and find comfort knowing that although she did not get the birth she had always wanted, but that she still advocated for herself and found strength and beauty in her births. Elise is a first and foremost a follower of Jesus, married to her best friend, mom of three littles, Christian motherhood coach, and chai latte enthusiast. Elise helps Christian moms like me and you and anybody else to step into their God-led calling of homemaking and raising their children whilst partnering with the Word of God. She's passionate about helping overwhelmed moms trade stress for peace and create flow in their home. Elise is the host of a top 2% podcast called The Wholesome Mama Show. She believes it is possible to spend quality time with your children without the mom guilt of letting the home or the to-do list go. I hope this birth story inspires you and shows you that it's okay to grieve the birth you didn't get, but also not to give up on seeing where the beauty is in birth no matter what options you have. Let's get inside. Hey mama, welcome to Simplify Birth and Motherhood. I am Amanda. I am a wife and mom of four. I have had a hospital birth, unexpected C-section, a few home births, and now I am a birth advocate, childbirth educator, and your cheerleader in the toughest hood of them all, motherhood. Do you wish you knew what options were available to you when becoming a new mom or adding more to the mix? Are you ready to nurture and build up your mom gut so you can be more confident, educated, and bold? In this podcast, you will begin to understand, find support, and turn knowledge into power through education and resources for pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and for the early years of motherhood. If you are ready to get clarity to empower your birth and motherhood journey, then throw up your unbrushed hair, hike up your high-waisted pants because, sister, (laughs) I know you are wearing them. Put the baby in the ergo and let's start feeding our God-given mom guts. See you inside. All right, everybody, come on in, grab something to eat, grab a nice little snuggly blanket because I love a good cuddle time no matter what the temp is outside. (laughs) But I want to go ahead and just get started talking to my really good friend, Elise. Oh my goodness, this girl is amazing. I actually met her a really long time ago. And it's been a while since we were able to come together and catch up, but I'm so honored that she has been willing to come on and just talk about her birth story. Say hello, Elise. Hello. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I'm so excited to be on here and getting to share my stories with you and experience. So thank you so much. And yes, it's been, it's kind of been so sweet to reconnect after a little while. So so excited. I know. And to see just like the amount of time that it's been since we've actually have caught up and chatted for a little bit, it's just way beyond me. I just cannot believe that it's been three years since we've actually been able to come together and to do something again, because time flies so fast. <laughs> yes. 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 So you on my podcast, think early early on in back in 2020 when I first started and I think we've had like three kids between us since yeah yeah I know and that is like it's bizarre too because I think like man back in 2020 like what was it even like then like I don't even remember (laughs) like I mean before the whole world kind of like took a downturn obviously within shortly after that but even then I'm just like what was it even just everything has changed so much not even just like even in your niche because your niche it was just 
that just became so heightened after shortly we had talked. It was just like, it really peaked, which was great because it was like, now people are starting to hear our voices. And then in my niche too, because I mean, we saw so many different changes and even statistically wise, looking back after all those years, you're like, whoa, things really did change so much. Like things that you we never even saw this ever coming, <laughs> like, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I just cannot believe, I don't even remember what it was even like back then. <laughs> that might be my pregnancy brain. But at the same time, I'm like, dang, this is, it's been a while. So I'm super happy to be talking with you today. Um, <clears throat> so I want to definitely talk about, obviously, birth stories. But, you know, you are just a very unique situation. So why don't you share a little bit about your first birth and your second birth, all the things regarding your birth experience? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have been blessed to have birthed three beautiful babies. Um, my first is my son. He is now five and a half. And he's just started school. And so I'm pray for me because I'm learning how to be a school mom. <laughs> but lots he, of grace for you, sister. Lots of grace. <laughs> yeah. Um, so leading up to his birth, I was very, very um, blessed to be able to fall pregnant naturally with him. I had, I think, five surgeries for endometriosis in the five years leading up to trying to fall pregnant with him and it took us quite a while to fall pregnant with him um and so I just was under the care of my doctors um I did a hospital birth all the things didn't really even I was not empowered at that time at all I the doctor said it I did it um that was my situation there and his like the pregnancy was was great um, great. I say great. That's a lie. It was pregnancy. So I was sick and I just, I just didn't do pregnancy. Well, looking back, I'm like, oh, and then I think about it and go, no, I was sick yes. <laughs> and sweaty. Yes. <laughs> sweaty like beach whale over here. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I went into, um, early labor with him at 25 weeks. And had to go into hospital, um, got medication. And I'm so grateful, so, so grateful that I had a hospital to go to, to have the medication to keep him in because, you know, I might be sharing a different story if I didn't. Um, and so then I was sent home and put on bed rest. And so I... Now I laugh at myself and go, I did not appreciate being put on bed rest. <laughs> like now as a mom of three, I'm like, can I go on bed rest? Please? I know. It's like when your kids are like, I don't like naps. You're like, well, when you get older, you will love them. Like, I wish I could take one. <laughs> totally. And, um, and so then in a checkup with him at um, 37 weeks, they found that he was in distress. So I was um, taken into hospital, induced the next day, um, and I was exhausted because my body had been fighting this early labor for 12 weeks. Um, and so I was exhausted. So I, um, I was mentally drained, physically drained. Um, my baby was in distress. So they just said, and I kind of said, I, I didn't want a cesarean. I wanted to do everything I could to not have a cesarean that was just one decision that I had made um and I don't even think I'd done research or anything I think I was just like I don't want to be cut open was it just like the fear or just like not knowing like what exactly it was like what it what made you feel like this is not like this is definitely something I don't want what what was behind that I think it was maybe the trauma of having so many surgeries so quickly and I just don't do well with um anesthetic and medication and like my body just reacts and so I think that and I think I just wanted also to like high five myself that I pushed a baby out rock and roll just kidding <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and um and so but you know when it's your baby's life if it's life or death whatever you have to do um and so I said to my obstetrician I went through a private obstetrician here in Australia there's a few different ways that you can um like different options for birthing you can go through your uh, local public hospital and go through like a midwife group there um, or you can go private and go through a private obstetrician who does all your appointments and your checkups they are at the birth and so I just went through the obstetrician who was also a gynecologist so she's a gynecologist and an obstetrician so she had walked me through all the endo stuff done all the endo surgeries and I just felt like I was she, I knew her she knew me she knew how the journey that we had gone on to have this child and is so that normal I, in Australia though do people normally choose that option or is it like we go the midwife route and this is what the they, way that we do it yeah so most people would go the public hospital um and just would go public hospital midwife group I would I don't know what the actual statistics are but easily the majority like easily three quarters of the majority so opposite here it's like obstetrician is is yes that's like the number one like this is what we choose this is normal propaganda everything is geared towards an obstetrician care for pregnancy it's like in your case because when you talk about endometriosis like that does put you in a category that Mm. obviously you would go see an obstetrician and a a gynecologist. Like that's what they're really here in America. That's really what they're trained for, for cases like that. Um, Whereas where most women here are still are considered low risks. Of course that is changing based on health and everything like that. Those things are changing. Um, So most low risk women here in America go towards an obstetrician where like they don't choose a midwife or midwives are not available to the American people in hospitals. It's not as common to see a midwife in a hospital setting. It's like, if you have a hospital that has that, like that's awesome, but you're going to see more of the OB in those situations. So that's interesting. That's very, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that they were that different. So can I just ask price-wise then, do you have to pay for your obstetrician? Um, so it just depends on the insurance here in America. So mm-hmm. there's a certain percentage that an insurance will cover, but if you want to use a midwife and your hospital doesn't have a midwife, you have to seek private care. And normally if it's at a birth center, maybe your insurance might, might take care of it. A lot of major insurances do cover um, birth center births where we do see these midwives, a lot more of these midwives in those settings. Um, whereas if you go outside like home birth, because there are certain places here in America where home birth is not illegal, where you can have a home birth and everything like that. Those are most definitely 99.9% of the time are out of pocket. So meaning you can pay grands and grands depending on the wood midwife but sometimes it kind of it's like a checks and balance they end up balancing out because your insurance the deductible is so high that it's almost like you're paying you'd pay just as much as in a hospital setting out of pocket that you would for a midwife or the midwife is a lot cheaper than your deductible so it's almost like oh I'm not spending as much or I'm spending just as much but most of the times <clears throat> it's when all of these other things that come from the hospital situation that tack on your bill mm. I mean they might as well just be charging for air sometimes because it's just that it's down I mean they charge skin to skin they charge I mean just outrageous stuff yes here in America they, they charge do- skin to skin yeah they do yeah and they just it's so some of the things are you can argue them you can like go into and like let them know like no we didn't get that but most hospital bills, even a low medical setting, like meaning low medical interventions is still significantly high after insurance has covered it. So it's like, depending on what your insurance and how good your insurance is, will determine how much of your paycheck is going to go towards medical bills in the end of the day. So yeah. And that's for like, it's still pretty high for moms who don't have babies in NICUs, babies who don't need like um, aspiration, who don't need oxygen. Um, I mean, these are like births that run very smoothly, very like atypical. 
everything's great. Everything went well, only there for 24 hours. Okay. Bye. Which it's not, it's not common, but it does happen. But that's if you get like little to nothing, (laughs) but that's, if you don't, you're looking at a big bill at the end of the day. It actually, like it blows my mind. And I know that in Australia, our healthcare system is very, very good. Um, like at the end of the day, the, what they cover and how they set it up can be better. But like listening to that, and I'm like, how, how is that America? Like to me, who's like down in Australia, like, you know, looking up at the US. <laughs> like, it's like, you don't know. It's like <clears throat> on the outlook, you only see like what's good. But when you're in it, you're like, Oh, I didn't realize, you know, like you see behind the scenes, you you see the hidden dark, like you see a lot of things that aren't necessarily made public, like in other arenas or in other places. So when you're in it, you see it more so than what you see. It's like the grass is greener on the Mm. other side all the time, you know, but then when you go over there, it's like AstroTurf or something like that. (laughs) It's not real. you know, so, or it smells really bad, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things. So I think that's probably why, but, you know, I know as an American, it's like, I know we don't have the best like maternity care, Mm -hmm. Um, even paternity care. We don't have the best. So it's like, yeah, that's how it is here. Welcome to America, land of the free and home of the brave. (laughs) But, but I never know how how we we got there so I'm terribly sorry that's yeah. just no it's okay it's it's good because a lot of people don't know what it looks like on the outside mm-hmm. and other countries care what the common choice is because here in America the common choice is very different and it's not really um the way that it's come about in America is very strange and <laughs> Then in other countries, they look at us and they're like, you guys are like weird for doing that. And we're like, it's the best, but it's like, but our outcomes are terrible, you know? And it's like, so, and did you say that home birth is illegal in some states? In some states, yes. So it varies from state to state. And that's based off of like, um, so like midwifery, they can practice like in the hospital. But if you were to be like, I know um, Arkansas in particular, they, um, it's illegal to have a home birth midwives are like outside of that practice are illegal um which is a whole other story in itself but yeah so it just depends on and every state has different regulations on their midwives so like california for example their midwives can't perform twin births or breech births it's illegal they have they risk getting their license taken away Uh, we're here in texas where i live it's as long as the midwife feels comfortable doing it and is skilled to do it, it's not illegal for them to perform twin births or breech births. It varies though. So yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different things in different areas. <laughs> so yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing how like you think, well, to me, I think like we'd be similar, but how different actually it is. Um, yeah. So Wow. Wow. Yeah, which is which is why I thought it was great having you come on and talk to mm. us because it every not just for birth story's sake because you know we you know between your first and your second we'll hear about that really soon so two different experiences and it's like birth itself varies from each pregnancy to each birth and yeah. but then at the same time like other countries and how people do things are also very different than here in America. And I think it's important for people to see that because it's like, there is not one shoe that fits all. And just because we're doing it this this way does not necessarily mean that this is um, the normal way or the healthy way of doing things. Um, how How is it that we can't all get on one? Like, I don't understand that, but at the same time, you know, it's still important for people to know, like, Hey, you know, things are different. There's other ways that people do stuff, but we still all accomplish the same goals and the outcome of them choosing it this way still has a benefit for people. The, this Mm. way is 
only way. So, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So we, with my first, I, so it was induced in the, so a private hospital, um, which yeah, isn't, isn't overly common because you have to pay. We do have insurance and that covers quite a bit of it, but you're still out of pocket, um, like two or $3,000, um, at the end of it. And so I did that with him. I got an epidural because I thought that's just what you did when you were in labor, you got your epidural and, um, pushed him out eventually. And, um, and I just thought, okay, well that, that's that. And that's just what labor and birth are. So, and then when I was, um, actually it was before I fell pregnant with my second. So I fell pregnant with my daughter, um, when my son was six months old. So it was very different to almost a year of trying to fall pregnant with our son to like, not even really trying, trying, just think God just was laughing at me, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe um, he was like, you know what? You had trouble this time. So I'm just, I'm going to make it easy on you. This is, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going, oh, look, look at me. I'll, I'll show these doctors that told you. Cause you know, we, we got told um, that we'd, we'd really struggle. And in that straight after I had my son, I think it was about two months old. I had to have another surgery for endometriosis and it had come back and was really, really, really bad. And so they said, oh, like, we don't know that you'll be able to carry another baby. Um, like you struggled so much with your first because your uterus is so like so much scar tissue on your uterus, it can't expand. Um, so we don't, we don't know what, what pregnancies will be like going forward. Great. Thanks. And um, so managed to fall pregnant quite easily. And um, during that time, though, I became more empowered with my health and started looking up, um, like I learned about toxins and all those kinds of things and started using essential oils. And, and so then I thought, okay, well, I want to, I want to be more empowered when it comes to my pregnancy because I didn't have, like, I don't, didn't do pregnancy well. Um, but I particularly want to be more, I want to take birth into my own hands. I just like, I don't want to have the hospital birth. I don't want to have the epidural. Like I actually don't want that now. Um, and I think it was just the um, complicated. Our son was a very fussy, he didn't have health problems, but he did not sleep for the first nine weeks of his life just like colicky um but witching hour was like all day every day and <laughs> like a lot a lot of these things and um and yeah so then just doing research and stuff going no I'll, I'll, I'll be able to do it without an epidural I, I can do that um and then I went to I didn't want to do it at our local public hospital because I'd heard I had too many friends who hadn't had great experiences there and, um, and so I went to a, um, like a private mid, we have a private midwife group near where we are. And I'm very fortunate where we live. Um, we have a private midwife group who do um, natural birth. So no intervention there. They have a beautiful facility, beautiful room. Um, but I, because of my complications with my son, I wasn't able to get, um, get accepted there because the hospital, like they're not, close enough to the hospital to do if you have any risk at all in your pregnancy mm -hmm. um you can't birth there so that was really disappointing mm. and really hard to especially by then I'd listened to all these nice stories about um like natural births and home births and all these things and when um my husband was like I, I can't do I can't do a home birth I can I will support you in a natural birth but I I can't do it. <laughs> He's like, um, we got a compromise here. <laughs> also, our um, I had my best friend had an accidental home birth, and I think her husband has scarred my husband. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> but that that's for another time. Um, but he was like, Yeah, have her come on. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, she, yeah. So I looked into the midwifery group and by then I'd made my mind up that I was, I was doing that. We were going to have a beautiful water birth. I was going to not have an epidural this time, not have gas or anything. I was like, that was what my mind was set on. Um, and then when, yeah, we got declined, they said, sorry, like with your history of endo, the history of your first pregnancy, um, like going into preterm labor at 25 weeks, needing bed rest, like there's just too many risks for you and your baby. And that was really, really hard. Like I felt like I was defeated. Mm. So like now I can't have the birth that I want. Now I have to go to a hospital, either the public hospital or the private hospital. Like really? Yeah. And um, so we decided we would go private again because that just was a better decision. Just in the um, the midwife care you get, you get a private room, you get your own midwife um, shared between like three different rooms there. So um, you get like the birthing facilities are so much nicer at the private hospital. And I'd be under the care of, I went with a different obstetrician um, who I would literally just go and have like more babies just to like have her. <laughs> That's so good though. That's so good. Like they, that, and that type is, of relationship is there. That was my thing was going, I want to, if I have to birth in a hospital, how can I make it as, harming and the best that I possibly can like I still Mm. want to run the show yeah I don't and I just kind of like went through like ebbs and flows of my emotions of going like and I still to this day because my third had to be in the hospital as well um you know I still have like people having these beautiful home births and just going I never got mine but also I have three beautiful babies who are now growing up and are alive and are healthy and um yeah so I I said if I'm going to once I like got over my crying hissy fits of like not getting my own way I said to my husband I think it's so key though that's one thing that like hearing this story I'm like grieve it grieve it Mm. because it's a real feeling of not getting the birth that you wanted because you're one, you're attached to the idea, but two, it's like, you have like, it's a grieving process. Grieve it. Totally. Like, so I think it's so good, but there, and there is a day where you're just like, okay, like, I think I'm ready to move on from this. Like whatever happened, happened, whatever it is will be. And so it's just like, you come to that point eventually, but it's like, the process of grieving that has to happen or else you're just like suppressing it or you're, you know, you're ignoring it and it's going to rear its ugly head somehow in some way, <laughs> like it'll come know, out so, at some point. Right. And so at this point, it's just, it's so I'm like, get it. Like, let's grieve it. Let's do it. You know, because mm-hmm. I, the sooner, not necessarily to rush the process, but the sooner we realize that the sooner we mm-hmm. can start moving forward in a positive like direction to bring healing to this situation because women do look for healing in birth. They really do, mm-hmm. whether it's their most likely their second because they're first or because like you're in case they didn't get what they wanted, but women are looking for healing. They're looking mm-hmm. for redemption. They're looking for something to um, cover, <laughs> like cover it you know? And so part, you can't have that unless you kind of grieve what you didn't get. And so moving in the right direction. So Mm. when I hear that, I'm like, yes, grieve it. Like we're doing it like, yes, you know? So yeah. yeah. And it was probably three or four weeks that I grieved, like grieved it. And it at the time was like, this feels silly. Like this feels like, I had a hospital birth and it it was, it was fine. Like this feels silly, but then actually going, no, like I, I actually really wanted this. I actually had like, this was my heart's desire was to be able to have a beautiful water birth. And I, I can't at the hospital, the private hospital don't have um, water birth facilities, public hospital do, but 
I wasn't. I was like, mm, compromising. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> There's something for nicer versus like mm, the water. Like, what? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad I did that because I they have um like baths um that you can labor in, but they're just not big enough for you to birth in. Um and I hated they like when I did go into labor with her, I was like, Yeah, fill up the bath. And then I got in, I was like, ah <laughs> glad I didn't choose water <laughs> But um, but no, I had to, I really had to grieve it. And so then I yeah, three to four weeks later. I came back and was like, all right, if I'm like, it is what it is. I'm, and I'm okay that it is what it is because if something does happen, then I know I'm in a place where I can get the best help. My, my daughter's going to be able to get the best help. So I want to, I want to make sure I have an obstetrician who will be okay with me still running the show in a hospital setting. I still want to, call the shots um and so I found my beautiful obstetrician through asking a lot of people who are kind of similar minded who had been through obstetricians and she was amazing like the whole pregnancy no pressure to do anything very very calm um wow that's awesome yeah yeah like a rare rare find yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> like I've been in the rough <laughs> like don't let her go you must stay with yeah and and then I ended up going into early labor with my daughter again at um I think she was 33 32 weeks went into early labor with her I went into the hospital um I wasn't I hadn't dilated at all I was in active labor but I was not dilating um and so they gave me medication um and I was put on bed rest again but in hospital so I had to go up on the ward so my son was like four 13 months old 14 months old so like still a still a baby really and Mm -hmm. I'm now having to be in hospital until I give birth I'm that's it I'm on hospital bed rest um, until I and I even like was walking down the corridor and like Lise you have to go lie down no. you're on bed I'm like oh but like I can't even get out of bed They're like you no not to not for at least you're not in two, not even just for a little bit mom please mom <laughs> um, yeah so I and then she ended up um, actually reacting to the medication that I was um, having to take which even that to um, like even having to take medication, like I was like, if my body's in labor, let it be in labor. I'm giving birth, even if it's 32 weeks, whatever. Um, and then no, no. So that was even like a, okay, how like, okay, I have to surrender that now. Like I've already, mm-hmm. I've already given up so much and now I have to surrender to that. Um, so that, that was, another thing and then she reacted to the medication um and stopped moving and I so there's probably two days I think by this time I was 35 weeks so I'd been in hospital for two weeks on bed rest and um I just I didn't really feel her move one day and I got the midwives in to just um listen on their what do you call it stethoscope to hear her heartbeat and just Mm -hmm. make sure she's okay um, and then by the end of the next day, I was basically, oh, I, at the end of the next day, I had a, um, I reacted and the midwife came in and was like, oh, you're having a panic attack. I was like, this isn't a panic, like, I don't have anxiety. I, this isn't a panic attack. Like my heart felt like it was about to explode out of my oh chest. My I was shaking. I was sweating. Um, I was like, no, this something is not right. My baby isn't moving. I'm now like, yeah, I'm panicking because my baby's not moving, but like, yeah. this is not controllable. Um, and then head midwife came in. She was like, oh, it's just a panic attack. Um, and then I had to kick and scream to get my obstetrician to come down. Um, I actually oh, ended no. up pulling her office because I was like, no, call Lindell and get Lindell down. I need Lindell now um and I actually ended up 
calling her office be like it's Elise I'm in um the ward (laughs) you're paging Dr. Lindell you're on the intercom yourself (laughs) yeah put a complaint in about that um because I that was late that ended up being about six o'clock at night and just thankfully she was still in her um office rooms Mm-hmm. And um, so I was induced the next morning, which again, I was like, my whole goal was not to be induced, not to be induced. If I have to have a hospital birth, I'm still going to do it naturally. And so, um, but you know, this was like, your baby's not moving. We need to get it out. Do you want to try induction? Or you just want to go straight to Caesar? Try induction, I guess. Yeah. You're trying every last before going in for <laughs> the, the, you know. Is anything going to go to plan um and so she was I was induced at 7 a.m she was born before 9 a.m so like they hardly needed to really induce me they broke my water gave me a little bit of the um syntocin is that what the pitocin pitocin that one um like a little bit of that and then I was she came out um and my placenta had actually completely calcified calcified so um so Lyndall said the doctor was like that's obviously the medication we can't give that to you again so if you have another baby we are not going to be able to give that to you um because obviously your daughter has not been getting nutrients has not been getting anything that's why she's not moving to conserve her energy and so I'm there being like so did did we die like I I'm exhausted because that was like yeah. the biggest whirlwind of 24 hours from like I'm kind of not really feeling her to like we need to get it out now um and thank like thankfully she's she's fine um so well, she in was- that case too, you advocated for yourself I mean ca- literally calling the doctor and it was like it's unfortunate that you had to go that far without somebody being like okay, yes. You know, even Mm. if we find that nothing's going on and nothing's wrong, like, okay, we can go ahead. It's just like having to fight for just having your obstetrician to come down and make their, like their professional assessment of what was happening. You know, that I think you advocating for yourself, I think is, Mm. was so important, you know, Mm. and just very, very good student of you to do that, you know, <laughs> but, but it is scary, like to advocate for yourself or even if like when your kids are sick, um, so Nora ended up, we brought her home and she ended up getting really unwell at four weeks. So she was one week, correct. She was born at 35. No, she was five weeks old when she got really, really sick and ended up needing to go to hospital and go to ICU. And like, we had to advocate for her in times of that. And it's really scary to advocate for yourself or for your child like it's am I like I'm not I'm not trained in any kind of medical profession at all but something's not right babies don't and that was I googled as we as we do baby stopped moving and then you get like the go and get checked immediately or oh babies stop moving as they grow like you won't feel baby as much and then everyone's like no that's a lot and um and so I was like you know what even if nothing's all right I could not live with myself if I was too scared to speak up and something was wrong like if Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't know how long my placenta had been completely calcified but it was dead like it was completely dead um and so I don't know if I you know left it another week or like even a few days a day I don't know so yeah I think learning to advocate for your health for your body for your kids is so so important yeah like you said it's like even if they do find that nothing's wrong or everything is fine it's just like at least you know like you have the peace of knowing that you know this everything's gonna everything was fine you know, like everything ended up turning out to be fine. But at the same time, it's like (laughs) not ignoring your mom gut because you knew Mm. something was wrong. You knew it. And it was like, you just, 
that is real. And nobody else can tell you that it's not because it's like, I know something is not right. And it's like fighting to like, unfortunately, this is how things are like having to fight to like get real answers where it's like, Mm. can't you just take my word for it? Like I'm, I'm the mom, like I'm me, like I know what's happening. You don't like I do Mm. because I'm the one or like I'm their mom, you know? And so it's just, it's, it's so it, and especially if you don't like confrontation, it is so hard to do that. But on top of also not being educated, it's like, of course, you're going to be like, well, they're obviously they are professionals. We're not trying to make it seem like they don't know what they're doing. But at the same time, it's like going in, being educated. So that way you don't feel like, oh, Mm. okay. Yeah, of course. I'm just going to do what they say, you know, because it's like, uh, there's just this weird gray area when it comes to those types of things, but being somewhat educated, but I think the mom guy is probably the most strongest, like discerning thing when it comes to advocating for our children, you know, like, I just don't think this is right. Or I don't feel like, you know, something's not right. This is not normal. Um, There's just something inside as a mom to be able to have that. Mm. But advocating is for yourself, like you said, is very difficult, but it's like, I tell people, I'm like, what makes it easier is you have to know your why. Why are you advocating for yourself? Why? What is your why? Because if you know your why, then it's going to be real easy for you to like be able to tell people no, you know, Mm. or like, no, thank you. Or not right now. Or like, we are booking it out of here, you know? So knowing your why, you know, like, I know that if I find this out, then it's going to bring me peace. That is why like I'm here or that is why I'm Mm. doing these tests or, you know, just knowing your why is so important when advocating for yourself because that only makes it stronger for you, Mm. you know? Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And I think in that, like when I was pregnant with her, I particularly because I had gone into early labor with Spencer, my son, so early, I, like I was on edge when I, when I got to 25 weeks with her pregnancy, I was on edge of like every little niggle was, is this, am I going to, am I going into labor early again? Am I like, and I went in a few times and I was like, it's me again. I just want to get checked. And like, we'd rather you come in and get checked than not. Yeah. And so like having that, and I think too, that's like finding a, team to have around you be that like obstetrician um midwives doulas whatever having the team around you is so crucial and knowing that you can like I I still made was able to have that even giving birth in a hospital setting I think it's too like with your support team it's just still important for as people who are around your support team just still be like, okay, you didn't get what you wanted, but we're going to support you to make this the best experience possible. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I tell my people too. It's like, obviously some of the things that you're going to choose maybe are not things that I'm going to choose for myself, which is totally fine. You know, but my thing is, is like, even if you have to, or even whatever your choices are, I'm here to support you and to give you the education in this choice or in this decision or in this option that you only have for yourself, but we're going to make it the best that we can. So if cesarean is the only thing that you can do, we're going to make it the best experience, whether it's during the surgery, or we're going to make your recovery the best that it can be, you know? So it's almost like hearing what you were talking about, like not getting what you wanted and just feeling like every step that you took or the further you got more into it, like the more it was like, not a tangible thing for you anymore. And it was like, Mm. just also telling, like educating people and being like, listen, this happens. We are very sorry. We're grieving with you. And we know how hard this is for you, but we can still make this the best experience possible for you with whatever Mm. options you have. And that brings some type of comfort and being like, okay, like I didn't get it, but that's okay. Because this experience was still great. Like we still made the best out of this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, so for me, one thing was particularly then with getting pregnant again with our third was knowing, okay, like, and I, 
I knew that it would be hospital. I knew, so I didn't even go down the path of looking into um, like private midwives or anything like that um, because I knew. And after the last two experiences, I've, well, that's, I think where I need to be. I think that's yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't so much have the, that grieving process. Um, and I, I was just like, right again, I just went next level of, okay, how can I make this the best pregnancy, the best labor, the best birth, the best postpartum that is in my control because there's the, the last two have been so far out of my control that I just like almost like don't have a plan because I my plans just all got crumpled and so I was I wrestled with or do I just not have a plan do I just not have a plan at all and just is what it is and take it with stride and we get a baby at the end and we have a baby at the end (laughs) but I mean no go in still having a plan plan of like making it the best you can you know and what does that look like yeah yeah so that that's that's what I decided I thought well no I still want to what the bits that I can control, like I can't control when I'm going to go into labor. I don't know. Am I going to go at 25 weeks again? Am I going to go at 42 weeks? I don't know. Um, so, but I, I can control the, the lighting in the room. I can control the music that I'm listening to. I can control um, the essential oils that I'm diffusing. I can control all these little bits and pieces. I can control where I'm moving. Like I can control if I want to be in the bath or in the shower or lying on the bed or leaning over the bed or what I can control that. So I just really focused on for um, our second daughter's birth, what I, what I have a little bit of a say in. Yeah. And so, and that to me was kind of like a little bit of a redemption going and, um, and like her, her birth was, was quite beautiful and it was in a, hospital room um, but I had beautiful midwives who let me do what I want I I told them I don't even want you to check me I just want to labor um, and I was like I will not be induced I will not be induced I will not be induced <laughs> um, and so then I the labor completely stopped I was laboring in the hospital for about five six hours and then it just literally completely stopped completely stopped and the midwife said to me well what do you want to do and I was like here's my arm I'm not leaving this room with no baby yeah yeah stick it in um and so they gave me the smallest dose and it just she was born like 40 minutes later um so like this weird uh, she was like I don't know what your body was doing yeah I was playing catch up or like just being like okay we're just gonna take a rest here for a little bit um, yeah but I felt like that was, um, you know, how you before were saying like women are searching for healing. That was a bit of a redemption for me to go, you know what, I can make this a beautiful birth just because it's not at home or just because it's not in the um, natural birth facility that I, that I wanted to be in. I can still make this a beautiful birth. I can still. And I think too, like not just you know, in your situation, you know, some of that having to have a baby in these certain settings, it's like, this is where you needed to be, like you had said. And it was like, for some people, they have different options, but yet they still choose to have a baby in the hospital. And it's like, just because you choose that, that's okay. Like we can still Mm. do this. It's going to be a little bit more of a fight because we got to kind of work around like some things that, you know, are going to be a little bit harder to maneuver around, you know, morally, ethically, things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's, you know, we were talking a little bit before we had start or during <clears throat> in the beginning about moms choosing a hospital setting more than a midwifery setting um, here in America. And it's like, even if you choose that, not because there you have any medical reason to do it, or you have to, um, but you can still have a really great experience you just have to know how and even if it's in the littlest things like you were saying like you know controlling the lighting the scent the people like all those types of things having a good support team um 
you know, it still can be a really great experience. So mm. I think in this case, it's a beautiful to see that. It's great to see that because it was like, you had, you had to be in these situations, but you still made it a really, really great. But your third one, you were like, all right, we're just going to do this. You know, like you chose to do it like because you knew that it was like, I know at the end of the day, this is going to be my only option, or this is what's going to make me feel safe and comfortable. And, you know, you still chose that option and it was a great experience. But what I see too, is you had a lot of um, active participation in that. And I Mm -hmm. think when it comes to birth, having a satisfying birth as moms, we see a lot of satisfaction when we are actively participating in some, in any aspect of our birth, not just kind of like laying there and just letting whatever poke us, you know, and just not having any real idea of like what is happening or what's going on or like, you know, not really being active in the bed or out of the bed or mentally or emotionally or, you know, just not really having an active participation. We see a lot of moms being more satisfied when they do. Mm. And that's like, you made the effort to, okay, this is what the little things like bringing a diffuser, like movement. And even if you were in bed, you know, you were still doing things to be active and to participate. And Mm. I think that definitely brings a lot of women empowerment. And a lot of times at the end of the day, when we have our baby, we're like, I did it. I did it. You know, because it's more like, you're happy the baby's there, but you're also happy that you're not pregnant anymore. But the fact that you're like, I did it. I did this hard work. I did it. You know? And so it's like the active participation is so empowering. And I think Mm. hearing your story really highlighted that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like there was a, even though every birth, it was like kind of similar, like an induction really at the end of the day, there was an induction process for all three in a hospital setting. Um, but the way like my mind in all three was so different from the first being like, do I, I didn't even know I had options. Like I didn't know that I had choices even in the hospital setting, I didn't know I had like choices of like what lights I want off or who I want in the room or how often I want to be checked or things like that. Like no idea. And then to then compare that with my third of like lights dimmed. I just, I just want to be in my own little bubble and no one, no one touched me, no one. um, And I didn't even speak to the midwife. Like my husband was in the room um, and he, we'd, we'd had a lot of conversations around what we wanted, what I particularly wanted the birth to look like. He was like, I don't know. I'll just be there and snacking till you have a baby, I guess. No, the snacks are for me. Just so you know. <laughs> Here are my snacks. Here's your yeah. snack. Yeah. So, so, but he like rubbed my back when I wanted a back rub. And then when I didn't want him anywhere near me, I thought, go sit in your chair over there, please. <laughs> Yo, go sit in the corner. You're in timeout. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, he, so he um interacted with the midwife until yeah around the five hour mark when my labor completely stopped and I was like well this is weird um but yeah. you know and then even having like going in and saying when we first got to the hospital the midwife was so lovely you know okay what what do you want what do you not want and my husband was like this is what we want this is what we don't want um and then they took that and I'm so so grateful that we had the care that we did in the hospital setting um, which I feel like is a rare I just think we must have a really good hospital where I live because even other private hospitals around Australia it is not um, not quite the same but yeah knowing that you can be empowered and have that mindset whether you choose for medical reasons to have a hospital birth or just for your own sanity, you decide that I need to be in a hospital, maybe like past trauma or something like that. Um, yeah. That you can still have an absolutely beautiful birth and get to the end and still go. I just did that. Boom. Mic drop. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so great. I'm glad that you shared that. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I think in, 
you know, I was speaking with somebody else about this recently and it was like, you know, oftentimes when it comes to the natural birth, like, and I think you see this too in your niche a little bit. It's like, if you're not full blown, like, like crunchy and like doing it this way, like, you're not really like, you're not really crunchy. Like you don't really. Yeah. The all or nothing, the all or nothing mentality is so toxic. Right. And I think in my niche too, it can be like that, particularly when it comes to natural birth. And it's like, I tell people like, listen, it's really not for the faint of heart. Birth is like, I mean, we're seeing studies show like metabolically, like, or it's just when you're pregnant, it's like you're running a marathon. I mean, it's really not for the faint of heart. So I understand, like, I mean, I think for myself, like if I wasn't so like, no, I like home birth care, like just because I like being in my own, if that wasn't so strong, like, believe me, I would go get that epidural because like, heavens like it's a lot of work you know so it's like and it's you know and a lot of that has to do with mentality of like uh pain and birth like and I'm constantly have having to like recalibrate myself especially now that I'm I'm approaching birth and so it's like I just think it's like it's one of those things where it's like you can still have a great experience in this environment just as much as it would be in this environment it's about just satisfaction of the individual like really because I know a lot of moms who have amazing OBs like what you did and are like yes totally but then at the same time we see other moms who are like I had a terrible experience and my OB and you know the staff and there's just a long list of reasons why they just did not have a good birth experience and the hospital environment, but then they go over to home birth and they're like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. But then some people are like, yeah, no, I didn't like it because I do like the epidural (laughs) and I like, you know, those types of things. And so it just really varies from person to person. So, I mean, it's great to hear that your stories were all very different, but also very showing that like, you can still have a really great experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I hope that this is encouraging to any woman who's listening, who maybe, because after when I was going through that season of grieving this natural birth that I wanted, and then when I then didn't get it, like after my daughter was born, I had to grieve that like, I like nothing felt like it went right with that one, even though like I'd already let go of this beautiful natural birth picture in my mind um, like just still felt like so much got taken away from me and had to grieve that again. I, I didn't find particularly with like, you were saying like the natural niche, the crunchy mamas, whatever you call them. Um, I didn't find a lot about stories where it didn't go to plan. A lot of, a lot of them that I found, uh, were, you know, they did go to plan and they had beautiful home births and beautiful natural births and like no medical intervention at all. There was no need for anything, no induction, no like, and just felt like, oh man, so is it me? Like we just slept the whole time and next thing you know, baby was here. (laughs) I sneezed. Yeah. (laughs) So I hope that that's been encouraging to anyone who's been in this or is in a similar situation to you know, feel like you've had it ripped out from under you to know, yeah, you can still, you can still have a good birth. But I think too, like with that as well, adding on to that is like, there is healing. Like you didn't mm. get the birth you wanted. It didn't go according to plan. Wasn't like what you had read before. And it was like, there's healing. It just, it takes time, grieve it because you need to. And just mm. know that like moving forward, you it doesn't negate that you can be a good mom it doesn't negate Mm. that like you are strong and that you were created to do this you know it's just and I tell people sometimes when things happen in birth because it's not just about mom it's about baby too and so it's like it's about baby's journey it's like the way that God like intended for that baby to come like all those are according to his sovereign plan and will for that child and sometimes this is just the way things had to be we don't understand it but that doesn't mean that we are not good mothers that God has Mm -hmm. not 
you know, place this upon us like mistakenly, you know? So I think it's just so important for people to know that it's like, you still are a really good mom and you still are trying your best at the end of the day. And you are, you were created to do this and you did it and you're created to love this child and to be this child's parent, you know, and that at the end of the day is something to rejoice in. So Mm. yeah. Yeah. And more important than how we birth. I think so too. Yeah. And I think birth is so impactful. I mean, it's a, it's an experience that we as moms will always, always, always remember something we will always call to our minds of like, Oh, I remember when my son was born. I remember the day, you know, I remember what happened. You just think about that is something you always remember. And it's like, it's not to say that birth it, birth does matter because it shapes us and it like it tells us something about our child <laughs> and like it introduces us into being mothers and being parents to these you know little babies and these little children <clears throat> and you're obviously raising up human beings that are going to be going out into the world and making decisions and which is so crazy and kind of terrifying <laughs> at the same time you know but it's just like <clears throat> the underlying thing is knowing that like, this is what God has for us. Like Mm. birth story, birth, children, that is what God had for us. And somehow in some way, like this is, this was how it was supposed to be, Mm. you know? So I don't know if that brings comfort to a lot of people, but I know when I was grieving mine, it was just like somehow, some way, like, this is just what God had for me. And I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me because I really wanted this birth. I really, really, really wanted it, but I just didn't get that. And I probably will never understand it, but I know that God has like given me this child and I'm trying my best, trying my best to be a good mom, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day. So yeah. 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 At the end of the day, we're all just trying to survive. I know. Right. It's just like, man, we're just trying our best guys. Like really, we're just trying our best. And that's what we have to kind of rest with at the end of the day, you know? Um, but is there anything that you wish you would have known? I don't, and we probably have already shared it, but anything that you wish you would have known now that you would have wished that you would have known later, it sounds a little confusing, but I hope that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I think, it would be like I said, just that you you can take control, like, and to know what you what you really want, like, what you can take control of. That you do have options of where you can birth, but in that, like, at the end of the day, I had hospital A or hospital B to birth in. It was like they were my options, and um, and as you said, like, understanding that that is God's sovereign plan. Like God, our God is a sovereign God. He's a good God, um, but he is sovereign in that. So going, okay, well, how can I, basically, I wish I had my third birth, birth first. <laughs> and just be able to have, go, okay, how can I make this the best in the circumstances? And I think that that, like, that goes for birth, but that goes for like motherhood and life yeah. in because like birth and birth for me birth not going to plan was maybe God's way of telling me Elise when you become a mom nothing goes to plan yeah Yeah. so here it is from the beginning but how can I make the best out of this situation how can I how can I turn this situation into the best birth ever yeah so I think that's that's what I would have liked to have known is that you can have a say you don't just like it's not just you go to the hospital you get your epidural you um have your baby a bit later um but actually yeah there is beauty and so much strength in birthing your baby oh yes most definitely well 
Elise, tell people where they can find you. I know you have multiple ways for people to be able to continue to listen to all the wisdom that you have. So if you can just share with us where our moms can find you, some of the things that they can learn from you, all those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk I don't know that I've ever actually shared my birth stories before so this has been really fun front row seats everybody yeah. <laughs> um but so I also have a podcast called the wholesome mama show and mama is m-u-m-m-a because in Australia that's how we spell mum and that is we can listen to so my podcast is all around holistic living and homemaking and just motherhood in general, just us mums being out here doing our best. Um, and then on Instagram, my handle is at wholesome mama. So basically wholesome mama everywhere. And that that's me. She's got some great stuff, you guys. I mean, really encouraging stuff as a mom, just to hear a lot of her wisdom and things that she shares and just really awesome. So I definitely encourage you to check her out, follow her, all kinds of different stuff. I am actually just super honored that you came on and just, it was so great just to catch up again and to talk and to see each other. And we will definitely have to have you on again, because there are so many things that you and I, I am sure would be endless amount of topics that we can talk about as moms, but just as part of like, helping moms, you know, being moms, helping moms be moms, be good moms, Mm -hmm. you know, so I would love to have you back on. So with that, I am just so thankful again. Thank you for taking time and coming on and talking with us. Oh, thank you so much, sweet friend. It's been a pleasure. Oh, this is awesome. Very, very, very awesome. So, all right, everybody. Well, that is it for today's episode. I will catch you next time. Until then. Hi again. Thank you so much for listening to this great episode. If you had learned something today, please make sure you leave a review in Apple Podcasts and share with another mom friend. Also, pop on over to our private Facebook group, sign up for our email list, and connect with me on social media, which are all linked in the description of this podcast. I can't wait to see you over there and connect with you. Now go listen to your mom gut because wisdom will guide you and chances are it won't let you down. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.